Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we record our final podcast of the year, where we'll be handing out our 2019 awards, as well as looking ahead to what promises to be a huge year for golf in 2020. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and I'm back. I haven't recorded one of these for a couple of weeks and I'm joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Hello, Tom. Very good, thanks. A bit tired after a long few days. So this is the final podcast of the year and Elliot's done exactly what he does every single podcast, which is he gets the microphones out and sets them up very scientifically So and he tests the sound and then as soon as he starts speaking, he's still doing it now, he starts moving them with his hand. So we're going to... Um, we're going to make sure that you don't do that from now on, because what's the point of your scientific setup? Oh, I don't know, but yeah, we're in a nice new studio this week. <laughs> no, a lovely new studio. Very it's, high tech. it's next door to where we usually do it. It's in a different office room. Um, have you played any golf recently, Elliot? Is the big question. I have. Yeah, I played uh, yesterday. Did you? Where did you, you play? Were there, actually. Oh yeah, I was, wasn't I? Yeah, that's right. We went down to Prince's on the southeast coast, right next door to Royal St George's. And we had our Christmas do, and then played a Texas Scramble day the, the next day, which was very good. It was very good. Really impressed with the course. Yeah, it was excellent, wasn't it? They're doing a lot of changes to it, and they've done some changes to it already, and it's brilliant. It's a really, really good course. And also, it's a really good setup there, because they've got a fantastic, relaxed clubhouse, uh, which offers really good food and drink. And, but then they've also got the lodges where we stayed on Monday evening and had several drinks. Um and they're brilliant, aren't they? Really, again, nice and relaxed, nice bar and brasserie restaurant, and uh, yeah, very comfortable room. So yeah, very friendly welcome. Whilst we were having dinner in the evening, it was caning down with rain, and then the next day there were a couple of puddles on the course. But Lynx Golf is so good that it was playing sort of firm and fast. Your ball wasn't plugging; it was running, and oh, I just love Lynx Golf. Yeah, it was it was excellent, wasn't it? And so, oh, how did you get on? How did your team do? We did okay, yeah. You did a bit okay. rusty. Uh, that was my first game in like five or six weeks. I, yeah, I don't believe it. That's because you've been on holiday forever. Um, so yeah, yeah, oh, you did all right then. Yeah, what about what about my team? We did all right. Didn't uh, well, we? You had two good players on it. So. Oh, <laughs> one of them me. Well, was one of your partners in pain with like carrying you the whole way? Uh, maybe two of them, but well, I'm quite. How many balls did you lose, by the way? Because oh, the rough's se- quite thick. Oh, several, I know. But the thing with Texas Ground, we just hit, if you hit one in the rough, you just go, oh, I'll leave that because I'm just going to be trudging. So around. you had to use three of your tee shots. Was yes. that all right? Yeah, yeah. Got that out of the way with several holes to go. I'm uh, going to make a brag here. Go on. My team used nine of my tee shots. Well done. How did your team do? Probably came near the so we shot we shot a we shot a gross fifty nine no oh, no, no net fifty nine that's the one we gross sixty four which obviously is Texas scramble isn't it it makes you sound like you're much better are you going but we had some fa- we had some fantastic we had some very very funny moments uh, I was playing with David Taylor who was a little bit hungover and he um, he had a mo- he was very wet and he had a moment where he hit a drive and his the driver slipped out of his hand. It was a driver? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise it was off the tip. <laughs> as he made impact with the ball, the, the club slipped from his grasp. Uh, and I think the club went further than the ball. It was, it was absolutely hilarious. So that was that was an entertaining thing. Also, we had a team 
Eagle on a par five. So I was playing with Dave and Sarah, who's, who's just joined the team, the ad team, and Neil, who hits the ball a long way, doesn't he? So we had a, a team Eagle on a reasonably long par five, but we didn't use any of Neil's shots. Sarah's tee shot, my incredible four iron from 220 yards to 15 feet, to which Dave then hold the par. Yeah, I wish we had Sarah on our team, having heard about how far she hits it off the red tees because that was playing long yesterday it, that, was, that certainly helped us there was one par four on the front nine that we couldn't reach it was 450 into wind I think we birded it yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no that definitely did help us uh, yeah very nice to play but Thea, thanks Sarah. to Prince's having us I was very impressed with the new Himalayas nine that Mackenzie and Ebert have completely redesigned great history at the club did you see Saracen's bunker from the 1932 Open I did, yes. Just it's not the first. I've played there on a couple of occasions. Oh, have you? Yes. I've got infamously, infamously even had, well, I think, the worst round in golf monthly history uh, there uh, about 10 years ago when it was snowing, also in December. And, um, yeah, didn't do very well. So um, it's, it has changed a lot since then. And it's got, yeah, it's really, really good course. So very nice place to go and play. Uh, have you played anywhere, anywhere else? Recently? That was my first game in, in a very oh, long yeah, time. Oh, yeah. I forgot you've already said that, haven't you? Yeah. Get the violin out. So, was your game... Was it, Sometimes people play quite well after a rest. Can you say... I played all right. I, I think I was the glue holding the team together. Yeah, well... Because I played... Having with, looked at the rest of your teammates, that's not... Uh, Nick Bonfield, who was all over the place. Um, Roderick Easdale, a country life and golf monthly writer. Uh, he was actually quite good. And... Um, He's he's an eccentric golfer. The fourth member of the team probably didn't have his best day either. Was that James Mason? Cause yeah. he, he was still drunk when he woke up. So, uh, tri- uh, yeah. But I love Texas Scramble. That was a really good format. Yeah. It, it united us all. We were all fighting for one cause. Yeah. No, it was, good. it was a good day. It was a good day. We also all missed a four-foot birdie putt on the last hole. <laughs> <laughs> that probably sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. So, we're going to have a bit of a recap over what's happened over the last... A week or so because there has been quite a lot of stuff and then we're going to go and have a quick chat and give out some awards um the inaugural golf monthly podcast awards well quite um for yeah just some of the best things which have happened over 2019 so uh in the past week we've had the president's cup usa won 16 14 after trailing 10 8 going into the final day they won the singles 8 4 and of course they were led out by Superman himself, Tiger Woods, captain who made sure he got involved in every single uh, every single big moment of that weekend, and um, he led them out and he beat Abraham Anser. Wood Woods won all three of the matches he played in, and that means he's overtaken Phil Mickelson uh, with the most present cup wins. It was the USA's eighth present cup victory in a row, which is quite. A lot. I told you, didn't I? You asked me who's going to win, and I, I said. Probably the US, so I'll take that. <laughs> well, I think they were quite short price favourites. Um, well, nearly it lost, was pretty though. good, wasn't it? Internationals started very strongly and actually had quite a big lead at, at the halfway stage. Um, but then a decent, I think they've, I think it was the foursomes on, on Saturday evening in Australia. It was a bit weird with the timings, wasn't it? But um, uh, the Americans played really well, got themselves back into it with it to touching distance and. Um, they always usually have very strong individual matches, and that showed again. Uh, Tiger, what a player. What a year he's had. Yeah, Tiger was was epic. I think because Royal Melbourne was 
not so difficult, but so non-one-dimensional, like the usual golf courses that these professionals play, it almost made Tiger look even better because he had more control over his ball. He could, the way he shapes his irons and his distance control, especially, just shows that he really, when he's playing his best, he's still very, very, very difficult to beat. Absolutely, and um, also I would say the internationals were brilliant. But they've got to be disappointed with that because they only won two matches out of the twelve on Sunday. They halved quite a lot, but yeah, I mean, uh, Niels did a great. They job. had they had chances. I mean, um, Matsuyama was four up at the turn and tied his match. That's things like that. Matsuyama, someone as good as that, should not be losing. Uh, well, you should not be losing a lead in over nineteen holes when you're four up. Uh, someone as good as him. That was that was disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, Abraham Answer was really good for the internationals, and so was Sung Jae-im, yeah, he the was young brilliant. Korean. I think he's potentially the future of golf. He was and very good, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, oh, his golf swing is phenomenal. He can clearly play under pressure. He's just won the Rookie of the Year titles on the Web.com and then the PGA Tours. Um, perhaps the the future, like 2020 breakout star, I think. Yeah, there's some very strong performances, and it was a good, uh, it was really good, actually end of season tournament, end of year tournament to enjoy. And um, yeah, the golf course looked amazing. It'd be great to have more good events. There's so many good golf courses in Australia. I know it's at a weird time, and um, it is tricky to get the players over there. Um, but it would be nice to have some some more tournaments played over those great courses that they've got there. Um, and I mean, there were other issues, weren't there? Unfortunately, from the week, uh, we seem to be talking about Patrick Reed an awful lot. Uh, he had more issues, um, had a few issues with shouting at the crowd or the crowd shouting at him. His caddy then got ejected from the whole event halfway through it because of an altercation of some sort with a fan. Um, so yeah, slightly frustrating that again we're having to talk about. Uh, negative things and negative things around Patrick Reed. Yeah, I, I don't really want to comment on that, but uh, he was very impressive on Sunday. He was six up after seven holes yeah. against CT Pan, and that's yeah, that's the most annoying thing about Patrick, isn't it? He's such a good player and such a good match player, and he's actually really exciting. When you think about that match where, uh, uh, with Rory in the Ryder Cup on that that singles when they're just holding putts from everywhere. And he's a really, really exciting player to uh, to watch, and hopefully we could talk about some positive things about his game uh, in the future. Also uh, last week, Thai Sensation... I'll say the first name, you can say the surname, OK? Thai Sensation Jazz... Jana Watanonand. <laughs> ...won the Indonesian Masters, which it says here is the Asian Tours flagship event. And this is quite, quite a big thing, because it means that he's moved into the official world rankings top 50 and will be in the top 50 at the end of the year and that means he gets an invitation to play at the Masters at Augusta in 2020. Uh, it's the 24-year-old's third victory of the season and he's won the Order of Merit, uh, the Asian Tour Order of Merit, by an awfully long way. Yeah, he also won 750000 US dollars, I believe. So that is a huge first prize. Yeah. Especially for the Asian tour, that's that's massive. Yeah. And if you actually would have looked, um, as you, as I do with my when I try and do some research over the betting tips, um, 
he's he, he was so far ahead in the order of merit that I, mean, I don't know how far ahead it was in the end, but it's a long, long way. So, uh, hoping to see a lot more of him because I th- we think he's a decent player, don't we? Yeah, he he was up there at the USPGA this year and bogeyed his final seven holes, I believe, and he still only finished like thirteenth. Hmm. So he could have been possibly top five there. Uh, just another great young Asian player. I really enjoy the Asian scene. I think it's going to be growing and growing. And he's another one of those players. I mean, Scott, you, Hen- I mean, you have just been you have just been on holiday to Thailand as well. So yeah, did right. play any golf in Thailand? though, did you? No, it's far too expensive. <laughs> um, we we had a comment last week about how I always mention my holiday every single week, and well, I haven't yes. mentioned it once yet. Well, you, I just have. You've mentioned it twice already. Well, yes. Well, yes, because. You do always go on and on about your holiday. Oh, third time. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That's my joke. Can't think that. There is one event this week, the Australian PJ Championship on the European Tour. And, and Adam, Scott. Adam Scott's playing, Cameron Smith's playing. So something, you know, as I just said, it'd be great to have some more events over in Australia and there is one. So um, yeah, hopefully... I'm not sure if that's on Sky Sports or not. I, have I assume no it will be. I have do look around, I'm sure. So we're going to move on to uh, our best ofs of the 20, of 2019, our awards. So we're going to start off with... So Elliot has come up with a short list for a few categories and we're going to chat through them and then pick one. I don't know how... Are we going to have a vote? What happens if it's tied? Uh, we'll go with whoever I say. No, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, so best players of 2019. The nominations are Tiger Woods... Brooks Koepka, Roy McIlroy, Jin Young Ko, and oh no, actually there's six, isn't there? Shane Lowry and John Rahm. Sorry, I thought it was five and everyone. So yeah, Woods, Koepka, McIlroy, Ko, Lowry, Rahm. Go and you go first then. Congratulations to the nominees. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're over the moon. So Woods is up there. I think Woods is uh, probably favourite for this award, winning the Masters, winning his 82nd PGA Tour title at the Zozo Championship. And then captaining, sorry, playing captaining, if that's a word, it's not a word, uh, the President's Cup team, which I think uh, adds another string to his bow. And being unbeaten in those, match, in those matches, three yeah. out of three. Um, Although Woods did have a very, very poor middle of the year due to injury and very, being I mean, old. just a bit quiet. It wasn't poor, was it? It was just a bit quiet. He just didn't play that much. Well, yeah, he missed both the... PGA and Open Cuts um, didn't feature at the US Open but then obviously he started the year so strongly and he finished it on a high as well yeah anyone else you think how about you talk about Ko as well Jin Young Ko yeah won two majors won two LPGA Tour titles and as well she won on the Korean Tour so that's five wins in the same year uh, she's basically three points clear at the top of the Women's World Rankings she's like the new Inby Park or Lydia Ko um brilliant year and I think she's only 24 yeah it's, she's really good and then oh, they've got the two Irishmen McElroy and Lowry Lowry of course winning the Open in Ireland very emotional scenes also won the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship and then Rory four wins PJ Tour Player of the Year uh, 19 top 10s and 25 starts climbing from 8th to 2nd in the world um, he has had a fantastic season as well and then the other two Ram obviously Race to Dubai winner Three European Tour wins, one PJ Tour win. Um, he's now third in the world. Uh, and Kupka? Yeah, major winner, WGC winner, top four in every major, world number one at the start, world number one at the end of the year. So, so who are you picking? 
Um, I I think you're going to pick Tiger Woods. I am going to pick Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger wins this by, I think, a long way. Even though that the other guys have had amazing years. I mean, Rory, if Rory had won a major, maybe that may have tipped in his way. But there's just the storylines from Tiger's, you know, the comeback major victory at Augusta, holding off, you know, all the youngsters, you know, some of the best players around uh, on that Sunday, uh, winning his 82nd PGO Tour title to go level with Saturday, and then becoming the first playing captain of a, a big team event such as the President's Cup and being unbeaten. How oh, he wins it by miles, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you then, yeah. Oh, crikey, there we go. That was the I would one. have Jin Yonko in second. There you go. Uh, you know, you, uh, highly acclaimed, highly... Uh, yeah, they've all had great years, yeah, haven't they? Yeah, well, they have. They have. That, it's, we'd probably, well, we, well, of course we take... Most players in the world would take any of those, so... Um, but I was saying to Sam earlier in the office, I still almost can't believe what Tiger's done this year. If you said this time last year what he has done in 2019, I don't think you would have believed it. Exactly, exactly, and that's why he's got to win it. If it, any win, I mean, you think in the last year alone, we think with the Tour Championship as well, and at the end of 2018 as well, it's just incredible, isn't it? Really, yeah. where he's come, suddenly come back to being a proper force in golf um, and doing really well. He's only had one disappointment. That, I think, and that's the Ryder Cup last year. But um, he's yeah. likely to to feature again next year, so we'll wait to see. Do you think Tiger Woods gets a pick, a wild card pick, in the Ryder Cup now if he needs it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, the way him and he and Justin Thomas played, yeah, was was very good. Albeit it's against the international team, who played well, but they're no Europe, are they? True. True. Okay, moving on. Next is best shot of 2019. Some of these I can't remember, so Elliot, you're going to have to uh, take the lead on this. So we've got Susan Pedersen, the Solheim Cup winning putt. I remember that because it was only a couple of weeks ago. Shane Lowry, 10th hole, third round, Open Championship. Tiger Woods, tee shot, 12th hole, Masters final round. Gary Woodland, US Open, second shot, 14th hole, final round. And Tiger Woods, 9th hole, second shot, second round, WGC Mexico bunker, it says here. You Come, remember that, don't you? I, I can't remember last week, Elliot. So, uh, uh, go on. What are, we, what are we going for here? Well, I'll start uh, with Shane Lowry. His second shot to the 10th during the third round. It was uh, just after a one or two minute conversation with his caddy, Bo, about which club to hit, where to hit it. Uh, Bo basically told him the shot to hit and Lowry trusted his caddy. It was from the left rough. Uh, he hit a seven iron, I think, to the left side of the green. It bounced all over the contours beautifully to like six foot, hold the putt, and this was in his 63, the day he basically won the do, Open. Actually, now, now you've described that, you've described that very well, because I, oh, I can actually now remember it, because of the conversation with the caddy. Yeah, I think that was the shot that could potentially... Have won I think the at open. that moment, I was standing two holes away from him, but I was drinking beer, so um, I do, I, me I remember this very, I remember it. Uh, the other shots, I think that so, I mean the you gone for tie you put Tiger's tee shot for twelfth, which if you Again, actually, if, if you see it just as itself, he hits an iron shot to the middle of the, the twelfth green. Uh, yeah, but Susan Pedersen just hold a six foot putt exactly, exactly or but, an eight foot. But putt. that's the thing about these shots; some of them are incredibly, incredibly skilled shots in their own right. Some of them are amazing shots because of the timing and when they did it. 
So Tiger's he'd just seen a lot of people go he'd seen four of the last five players go in the water yeah on that you know on the famous 12 hole at Augusta a hole which I've played and bogeyed I think I just got goosebumps <laughs> imagining the moment when Molinari went into the water sorry I'm ignoring you about you playing I thought you were saying you got goosebumps because you imagine me holding uh, a six inch putt no but I remember that moment very well when Molinari went into the water and you were literally like oh my goodness it could be happening uh, but anyway Gary Woodland's three wood into 14 at Pebble Beach was phenomenal and I think that is the shot that won him the US Open uh, Tiger come on you remember Tiger's bunker shot full 9-9 or something cut it around the trees and he's holding off his finish no, and then it's spanned I probably do remember it uh, so okay which one are you going for? Oh, well Susan Pedersen's the obvious one but I really want to go for Lowry but then it was in the third no I'm going Pedersen Okay, I think okay, I'll I'll I'll, I'll agree with you on that one because uh, it, it was, was a a big... l- it was the final shot of her career as well. If she missed it, the US retained the cup. Uh, Europe hadn't won since 2013. Just amazing. Nobody thought well, she who held the who held the winning putt in 2013. Uh, Susan Pedersen. Yeah, I know. So uh, and she retired almost immediately afterwards, did she? Like a day later. I think let's give it to Suzanne. I think it's a worthy shot it's one I can remember uh, and oh, you know those other guys there's so many different amazing shots which have happened obviously throughout the course of a year that's the one I think I remember and there's it's likely to be the one that we actually see the most as well being yeah. replayed so uh, I think that's worth it uh, next category best tournament of 2019 is there going to be a category that doesn't have Tiger Woods in I wonder um, best tournament of 2019 so we've got the Masters We've got the Open Championship, we've got the Solheim Cup, we've got the BMW PGA Championship, the Players Championship, and the US Open. Which one did you enjoy the most as a golf fan? As a golf fan, the one I enjoyed the most was the Masters. Uh, for the things that we've already spoken about, Tiger Woods winning, um, it was dramatic. It was. It, we didn't know who was going to win right up to the end. I mean, we really want, hoped... Well, I think the majority of people hoped that Tiger would win. Um, of course, it wasn't at the usual time. It was earlier because of the uh, weather forecast that they brought the tee times forward. I thought, well, maybe Molinari's going to win this. Kupka's making a charge towards the end. Tiger, kind of, everybody wanted him to hold on, and he just about did. If you actually look back at it, he's very close to not getting there. Kupka had a part of 17 and 18 if he'd hold one of them yeah Cantlay took the lead after Eagle in the 15th yeah uh, who else was up there Schaeffler was up there as well is DJ up there or have I made that up I don't know I may have made that up I think he was I think he wasn't that too far as well so uh, it's, it was I thought it was a fantastic see, uh, uh, it seems an awful long time ago because it was but, um, and a lot of golf's happened since then but um it's just was amazing the emotional scenes at the end one of my friends one of my good friends David Plain he was actually there with a group and uh, he well he's still he won't ever stop going on about it I think he managed to fist pump Tiger as he's walking off 18 as well so um, yeah that was amazing I mean the Open had so many headlines being in Ireland at Port Rush um, and then we look at all the good things Lowry getting off to the quick start we wanted an Irishman to be near the top of the leaderboard and he was 
Darren Clark started really well and then missed the cut, remember, by he bogeyed the last. Um, Rory really tried to get make the cut after his dreadful first round, nearly did, missed out by, I think, one, one shot. He was in tears by the end of it. Um, I think the one thing I'd say about the Open is that it, we knew Lowry was going to win from a long way out. Yeah, uh, I know Fleetwood was pretty close, but uh, never really in touching distance. And I think Lowry just owned it, didn't he, that week? Yeah, he nearly um, nearly gave up a bit on the first hole on Sunday when Fleetwood was his Fleetwood's birdie putt was shorter than his bogey putt, I think. Or maybe no, maybe Fleetwood missed his birdie putt and then Lowry then hold like eight foot for bogey after finding the bunker. And I think that was the moment he said it as well that he knew yeah, he, he's he, got a great chance yeah. here. I mean, you don't want to if start anything, with anyone thinks the nerves don't affect the the pros, watch that first hole and you understand that they're very, very nervous. Watch Rory play that first hole on the Thursday where he hit... Did he hit twice out of bounds? No. He hit once out of bounds and had an... Um, unplayable. Air, more or less had an... Um, more or less had an unplayable, didn't he? Or did he have an air shot? Yeah, he had an unplayable. Yeah, so and I th- yeah, so that wasn't great. Especially, I think I put money on him. Um, <laughs> the other other tournament, Solheim Cup. We've kind of already mentioned Pedersen. 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 Yeah. Pedersen. One thing. I'll, I'm going to be a bit negative here about the Open Championship. Like you said, uh, Sunday was slightly uninspiring in terms of the weather and and the competition, and the Solheim Cup as well. It was awfully slow. Sunday it had an amazing finish. Yeah, I think the finish was amazing, but yeah, whether it's the best tournament of the year, I don't know. BMW, PJ, Willett, and uh, Ram. That was a great final day. Dueling away, Wentworth looked spectacular. It's brilliant to have Wentworth in a much better position in the calendar in September. Uh, I had a really good day on the Wednesday, following most of the England's uh, World Cup winning cricket team uh, playing the pro am. That's uh, one of the rounds of the year for me, Danny. We haven't got a rounds of the year award. Well, that's your own fault. You, you're, um, you've done all this. Yeah, Willett's final round at Wentworth was exceptional. Yeah. Uh, then the players, McElroy winning, pipping of all people, Jim Fury. That was awesome. Uh, that was a very good tournament. Um, John Rahm had a chance to win it and hit one of the worst shots of the season when he hit this. Was it out of a bunker? Yeah. Tried to hit his three wood out of a bunker, round a tree, over a lake, 260 yards, and amazingly put it in the water, who'd have thought. Um, and then the US Open, where Woodland held off Kirk to win his first major. Um, I don't think the US Open's going to win it. I thought it was an okay tournament, but again, it was a little... It was fine. It was. It didn't it, live up to our Pebble yeah. Beach expectations, no, did it? it? I don't think it was quite there. Um, I don't know whether it's the timing of the late nights I don't know we didn't I, also see the sun the whole week no, as well it wasn't the best weather was it for no so okay who are, what's your best tournament of 2019 <laughs> it's got, got to be the Masters yep yeah agreed uh, the one that will I think everyone will remember also the last one to be live on BBC TV on terrestrial TV for the for, at the moment for, for the foreseeable future uh, and one thing that I'm going to do very very soon is I am going to start proper petition to get the Masters back on free to air are you actually yes we've got to get this done oh, I, like I, think, that. I think we should be doing this we should be really championing this out so watch watch out we're going to try and get this done over the next couple of days get this up and running and if you see it sign that because the amount of people who are now going to be lost to the game of golf because they 
they just won't see that, uh, won't see the game. And I, we already lost, you know, if you only had BBC, you you wouldn't have had the live uh, coverage on the Thursday or Friday anyway. But I just thought that it was just about was fine having the weekend coverage. And to lose that now, to just have highlights, I think it's just not good enough. So, um, uh, Could you please add Ryder Cup to that as well? Yes, yes, yes. Get both the Masters and the Ryder Cup. Yeah. On BBC. I don't, I don't, I, look, I don't, Make twenty twenty the golf's my, best year yet. Don't ruin my petition. Don't ruin it. But uh, uh, yes, yeah, so look, watch out for that. And if if you see it, sign it. Um, we'll make sure that we leave links everywhere over the Golf Monthly website. Uh, for you have you end. been thinking about this, or you just made it up? Off no, the top no, of I've been thinking about it for ages. And um, uh, because I, I nearly did it straight away, but because there's a general election on the uh, the site, which you had to do the uh, petition site which I can't think of the top of my head what it's called um, you can't do it during a general election it's actually t- it's taken down oh. because the way that it's done is if you reach a certain amount of signatures again then gets debated in uh, parliament stuff like that but they have to st- they have to stop it during a general election they can't do it again until oh, so you're going the, the official pop- way you need 100,000 signatures yeah, oh, yeah, is that right yeah exactly so let's 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 push it there's lots of different stages depending on how many signatures you get so um, I think it's something that we really should do, and uh, I'll try and get it done as quick as possible, as soon as I'm allowed to. So. I love that, Tom. I, I'm very impressed. Exactly, exactly, yes. I have been doing some work, you know. Um, so, next category, best breakout star of 2019. They are Victor Hovland, beep, 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 Matthew Wolf, Colin Morikawa, Robert McIntyre, and Esther Henselet. Henselite? Henselite. Um, go on then, we all know what you're going to start with. Victor Hovland, <laughs> after winning the 2018 US Amateur, turned up at Augusta, I think as the world's number two amateur. He won the silver medal there. He then won, sorry, he won the silver cup as a low amateur. Uh, finished very high up the leaderboard, I think 30th or something like that. Then he won the low amateur honours at the US Open, becoming... The first player since 98, Matt Kuchar, to win both in the same year. He also broke Jack Nicklaus's record as the lowest ever score by an amateur. I think he scored 280 around Pebble Beach for four days. Um, turn pro, I think he's missed one cut since turning pro. Caught everyone's attention. Basically at Wentworth, he was the, the biggest name there that week. Everybody was talking about him in the press conferences. See, Victor Hovland was the biggest name at Wentworth. He, he was one of them, honestly. More than John Rahm? More than Rory McIlroy? Possibly more than John Rahm. Definitely not more than McIlroy, but... He's, I don't think he's as big as John Rahm. But he was, was he like, was oh, he yeah, was let's a name. go see Victor Hovland. Yeah. He blanked you as well, didn't he? That's good. Yeah, he did. He never turned <laughs> up. So, uh, OK, who are, who are the other ones? You've given an absolute several paragraphs there on Hovland. Who are the other people? Uh, McIntyre won the European Tour Rookie of the Year Award. Been around for a while, but this was his first season on the European Tour. McIntyre, I think McIntyre also needs to mention because he's obviously uh, a Brit and I think he played very, very well and played very well at the Open. Um, no, he didn't win. He was sixth at the Open. Yeah. Very he, good. Yeah, he didn't win, but actually I think especially the amount of support that he's obviously getting from Scotland, I think that's one thing in particular. Scottish golf has been looking for a, their next superstar for a while and they've had a few... Um, you've had a few very good standout players over the last few years, but uh, McIntyre could really go to a next level, couldn't he? Yeah, uh, he's, he's a brilliant golfer, just so natural. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Wolf won very early on his PJ Tour career after turning pro at a similar time as Hovland. Morikawa has also won on the PJ Tour, albeit I think it was the Barracuda, which is like an opposite field event week. But then Esther Henselite only turned pro in January of plus 7.1, which I think was Europe's lowest ever handicap. In her first season as a professional, she's just won the LET Order of Merit. She's won twice. I think she should be the favourite. Yeah, I, I, well, it's, she's got such impressive figures, hasn't she? And it's such an impressive performance. Um, obviously, the... Let me think, how am I going to phrase this best? Obviously, the LET Tour isn't the strongest tour in the women's game. That's correct, yeah. And also hasn't been the... Uh, been a tour which has actually got that many events in it either has it it's one that's really struggling um now that's not her fault is it uh she's done as well as she could do in this situation and she's done incredibly well hasn't she i mean she's turning off pro at 7.1 i mean you've got a that's pretty impressive isn't it yeah at the age of 20 as well how she had the time <laughs> surely that'd take 20 that take 20 years good? to get that handicap um <laughs> uh, <laughs> she ever just missed out on the buffer? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> Probably not. But it's an incredibly incredible performance. Um, so do you think we should go with... It's between with her Esther? and Big Vic, I think. I think let's give it to Henselite. Okay. Because not only has she had a breakout year, she's also has actually won stuff as well, whereas I think some of the other guys, although there's been a couple of tournament wins, they haven't maybe has had a bigger standout season as as Esther has. And at the age of 20, I think she's going to be a future Solheim well, yeah, Cup you, star, LPGA Tour star as well. You would think so. You would think so. So, biggest disappointments of 2019. They are Justin Rose, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler and Jason Day. The four nominees for this. Um, I'll start this time. First up, let's start with Justin Rose. Came into 2019 as world number one. He's dropped to the world number eight. He did have a win, um, and he had a best major finish of tied third at the US Open. So not not an awful year at Which all. Which he should have won, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, he, I mean, he, yeah, he really had a chance. Um, maybe had a few issues with injuries this year. Maybe had a few issues with changing of some equipment and things like that. But my biggest issue with Just Rose is that I didn't seem to play enough events. I've gone on about this quite a few times. Um, and it's a shame but I think he should have tried to maybe play a few more events to really make sure that he tried to protect and hold on to that world number one status because it's a very hard thing to get um, now he may come back next year and play really well and I, as I said he actually did play pretty well towards especially towards the end of the season so um, it's just he was a bit disappointed because he was obviously world number one and now he's he's nowhere near it yeah, the way he's going, actually, he needs to have a good year next season. Otherwise, he won't qualify for the Olympics. He's down to eighth in the world. He'll quickly be outside the world's top 15. And if you're outside the world's top 15, GB will only get two entrants. Yeah. And that will likely be Fleetwood and Casey. I, I am hopeful that the, sometimes when the year is an odd number and it's not a Ryder Cup year, some of the big players do try and muck about with a few bits, maybe change equipment, maybe change a, bit, a few things to their swing. And then they try and really make sure they play really well in even years. So um, I have a feeling Rose is going to come back strong in 2020. I hope so. He only missed two cuts this year as well. Yeah, yeah. So he's not he 
Yeah, he's not had a dreadful year. He's just he was just disappointing, wasn't it? So uh, next to Jordan Spieth, uh, no wins, fell to forty third in the world, failed to make the Tour Championship. Now, but was this a shock? If you'd said that at the start of the year, that's going to happen to Spieth. Actually, would that have been a big a shock? Because he was already playing pretty badly then. It, it would have been a shock to me. Yeah, he'd he'd had a poor year in twenty eighteen. So if you said to me in, at the start of 2020, Spieth's going to have another poor year, actually I wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> something's clearly going on in his head. Yeah, he's had a few things. He got married and stuff like that. So he's had some life changes and things like that. So, um, But he, every now and then he's had a, had a bit of flash of inspiration, a couple of good rounds in a tournament, but he's always seems to have one really bad round which just takes him out of contention. Um He's another player who I think is going to come back. He's another one as well who was third in a major. He was third at Bethpage in the USPGA. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he's, again, not had maybe the worst one. Ricky Fowler now started off the year amazingly, won early early on, um, and he was up to seventh in the world. But he's ended the year 22nd. Uh, didn't really do anything in any majors. Um and that's his worst uh, world ranking at the end of the year since 2013. Yeah, he's been constantly in the world's top 10. Granted, not by winning massive tournaments, but through his consistency. And this is the first year where he's he's really started to slip since 2013, six years ago. He was lucky to make... He obviously ended up playing in the President's Cup because... Um, who was injured? DJ? No. Kepka. That's it. Yeah, same person. Um, Kepka was injured, so... Fowler, who just missed out on the picks, he managed to get one. And to be fair, he got that because of what he'd done previously. It wasn't because of his of his form, uh, which has been pretty, you know, average. Uh, so yeah, I was expecting big things from Ricky Fowler, um, especially after he got the monkey of his back and winning for the first time in a while, start of the year. So um, maybe a better year again for 2020. And then finally, Jason Day, best finisher fourth at Pebble Beach Program. No wins or runners-up after two victories in 2018. Fell from 11th to 36th in the world ranking. Five missed cuts, plus a withdrawal from Bay Hill and the President's Cup. Disappointing. Very disappointing. Lair. It's uh, That day has not hit the heights, you think, a few years ago when he was world number one. He's playing so well. Um, he's competing in every single major and he just can't do it at the moment. I think injuries have taken their toll on him. Definitely, yeah. In my lifetime, aside from Tiger Woods and perhaps McElroy at points, oh. Day has played some of the best golf I've ever seen. And it's so sad that he hasn't been able to get that back. Uh, what was that like? Three and a half years ago? Yeah. He, Clearly he, he's had some problems. And starting from like 11th in the world, you thought maybe he could... He can still be world number one very soon. But now down to almost 40th, it's going to take a mammoth... Is that a word? A yeah. mammoth effort, yeah, so to speak. No, so, okay, we've got the four people there. Who are you going to pick, Elliot? You start this one. Oh, I was almost certain on day, but I'm now going to Spieth, I think. I don't think... Um, but then Day did win twice in 2018. So Spieth, I don't think Spieth was... was a, I, wasn't expe- I had no expectations on Spieth, so he's not a disappointment because there was such low expectations. But then again, Rose was very disappointing. My, but my, he's English. My, I think my, and, one, you know, my disappointment is Rose. Not that he played; he didn't play the worst out of all those no, people. That's not what we're saying we at all. We expected the most. But I was expecting an awful lot from Justin Rose, and I don't think he delivered. 
Okay, I'll go with that. Boom. Okay, there we go. Done. So, best new event. Um, Saudi International, which DJ won. The 3M Open, Matt Wolf won. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, which Nate Lashley won. I'm going to say that that's not going to win. Uh, and the Zozo Championship in Japan, won by Tiger Woods. Okay, and the winner... Out of, of, out of all those oh. four, out of all the, without going through all of them... What do you think was what? Okay, what do you think about the Saudi International? I thought it was a very well attended event due to appearance fees that had a very disappointing crowd. There yeah. was nobody there. Yeah, there was there wasn't really much support. I mean, the tournament was okay from a playing point of view because of the amount of people were there. DJ, how many shots did he win by? I don't know. I thought it was fairly tight. Yeah, so it was it was all right, uh, but no crowds is a big no no from us. Uh, for me, without doubt, I think the winner should of this should be the Zozo Championship, not yeah. just because Tiger won it, because of things that we. There were huge crowds there. Oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely packed. They thought they ran it really well. They tried their best. They had the, the Rugby World Cup going on at the same time. They did special things in the week leading up to it. Uh, with some of the rugby players getting involved and some of the commentators getting involved and they tried really hard and it was supported really well and then of course it had an incredible winner as well so um, I think that wins by a long way the 3M Open and the Rocket Mortgage Classic perfectly fine PJ Tour events but they're PJ Tour events and nothing to write home about they had some good winners there were some good, good stories about that but yeah yeah I remember watching the Zozo and thinking this is really special like the fans none of them were on their phones and I, I remember Matsuyama sprayed it miles right off the tee with the driver and it's the moment he hit the ball the crowd went oh like they were just in absolute awe yeah. of how far these guys hit the ball and just amazing fans I can't wait for the Olympics next year yeah, and I would love to see more big events go to Japan yeah I think that so the Zozo Championship wins that doesn't it definitely Right, so now the last one is what's our personal favourite moment? And I, th- I I have one. So should I start or do you want to go? Uh, you go. What was your personal favourite moment? My personal favourite moment was actually from the Saudi week where Kupka uh, was interviewed by uh, one of our guys, Michael Weston, and mentioned about one of his fellow players, about how slow he was. That was obviously Bryson DeChambeau. And... That really kicked off a whole new conversation again with players for the first time really calling out other pros properly about how slow they're going and how ridiculous it was that um, they were taking so long over some shots. So that's absolutely my favourite, my personal favourite moment of the year. We obviously put that on the podcast here and it got picked up by the Golf Channel amongst other places and it's a pretty big story for us as well. But um, I think it was actually a really important thing for Kupka to do. He, it was also the start of Kupka suddenly be having lots of head, yeah, that was headlines. Yeah, the first he kept, time really, wasn't he it? Kept on, um, yeah, he kept on you know, talking quite good sense and you know, not caring who he, was, who he was upsetting. So yeah, I thought that was a great moment. My favourite moment of the year was at Portrush watching on Friday afternoon when Roy McIlroy was attempting to make the cut he obviously had a horrendous first round in what was like the biggest week of his career and just what that must have done to his character it must have absolutely destroyed him but then to come out shoot 65 the next day knowing he needed so many birdies on the back nine and I was watching it as a fan I wasn't working I had like two hours off um, did you? you who signed that off? in our house in Portrush (laughs) 
and I was just hanging on every shot he was hitting and I've always loved McElroy, but I think his character really came through well there. When he was in tears at the Sky Cup with Tim Barter, I was pretty much in tears as well. And I just thought it was a really... You just had a cider as well, weren't you? You always get quite emotional after. I just thought it was a really special moment. It was captivating and it was some of the best golf I've watched. And it really, I think, yeah, it was a moment, I think, where, uh, like, suddenly Rory, I think a lot of the British public and Irish public as well, who maybe thought one thing of Rory or didn't feel that close to him suddenly thought pretty a lot more of him a lot better of him it reminded me of like a Andy Murray when he <laughs> cried when he lost at Wimbledon I think the first time yeah. uh, I think a lot of people realise actually this guy's just a good person he's just trying to do his best for his fans and, and go from there so and can- I think that was more important than winning the golf tournament for Rory I think his personality came across and people just began to love him. There's so much negativity around him before that week, and I think all that negativity lifted after. And you saw what he won and done afterwards. Yeah, he had an incredible year after. He was doing pretty well before that anyway, as well, wasn't he? So, uh, um, yeah. Well, let's give special moment, a special moment of the year to Rory crying at the sky cart, as you would say. I think we should do a round of the year. Oh, go on then. And. I've just been thinking of nominees, if you can help me out here. I think Lowry 63 mm-hmm. at Portrush on Saturday would probably be my round of the year. Yeah, okay. Can you think of any others? Tiger <laughs> at the Masters, his final round was brilliant. Obviously, everyone in the majors. Gary Woodland. Rory at the Players? Yeah, finished that off very well. Um, Willett's final round, I already said that, at Wentworth was exceptional. Um, I think Lowry's was there a 59 this year what was the lowest round of the year I don't think there was was there was I, I want to say there was but well, that, nothing's coming to my head uh, Ollie uh, Fisher did it at Portugal Masters that was in 2018 yeah so I can't remember there's a 59 I think Lowry I think we want to just say mention about Lowry's 63 that was an incredible round and he just went away from it I mean the conditions did get very still for him in yeah. that afternoon um, where they had been pretty gusty in the morning and that's you know sometimes you get the luck of the draw when you're already a few shots clear and then the weather clears up for your round you know that he was he was dealt a good hand but he's still got to go out there and 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 you know and make the shots and he just did he just played out of his skin he just played fantastically well um, there was a 59 this year Kevin Chappell ah yes at the Greenbrier maybe yes yes yeah, yeah. Which is fine, well remembered, well remembered, but uh, but it doesn't come close to Lowry's. Yeah, I mean Tiger's. You know, we've mentioned Tiger an awful lot. There's a few incredible rounds that he's he's put together. I think the first round at the Zozo Championship, where he suddenly went, I think he shot. What did he shoot there? Shot sixty-five, I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, from not having seen him play for a few months, because. He'd had a bit of a rest. Um, that was that was pretty special, wasn't it? Yeah, some more good rounds. McElroy shooting 61 to win the Canadian Open. Yeah. He was actually gutted when he held the winning putt because he didn't shoot 59. Uh, bogeyed the last there, and I think he bogeyed 16 as well. And then Francesco Molinari at Bay Hill, who shot 64 to mm. win the Arnold Palmer Invitational. That was exceptional as well, to beat McElroy that day. Yeah. That seems a long time ago, that. I know. <laughs> when it is, but... Uh... Yeah, there's been a lot of golf since that. Uh, and next year, there's going to be loads more. So, um, 
yeah, so I hope you enjoyed the awards. If there's any that you think missed out, do let us know. Uh, email golfmonthly at ti-media.com or at golfmonthly on Twitter and Instagram and golfmonthly a magazine on Facebook. Next year, there's awful lot to come look forward to. What a year. We've got a very packed... We've got uh, it from, well, from really February onwards. Actually, January. January, yeah. It all but starts again, I mean, again yeah, too. I mean, the players, the big tournaments really start... We've got the, well, the... the uh, Dubai swing and all that, the desert swing. Then you got the West Coast swing with the Genesis, which Tiger and Rory will be playing. So that's um, the first couple of months. And then March, we have the players, April Masters, and then goes USPJ, US Open, Open through to July. And you think, oh, that's where we stopped this year. We didn't stop, there's loads more golf. But then next year, we've still got the Olympics in August, the FedEx Cup playoffs, of course, in August, and also the BMW PJ, which is going to be. Uh, at the start of September we think and then the Ryder Cup the end of September and then there's also the race to Dubai and things like that so to say we're going to have a busy year is an understatement so um, thank you very much for listening for uh, all year to us it means an awful lot we've had over 150,000 podcast plays this year um, so let's hope we can do, well, have, have much more than that next year just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Make sure you do rate and review us if you listen to us on iTunes. Remember to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done it already. Um, Elliot, Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, thank you for a wonderful year of podcasting, Tom. It's been a pleasure to spend hours and hours in your company. Thank you to the listeners for spending hours and hours listening to us. And yeah, I'll see you next year to do it all again. Indeed, indeed. I'm looking forward to um, you giving me my Christmas present now. What have you bought me? Anything good? A cup of tea. That'll do, that'll do. Anyway, happy Christmas, everyone, and we'll speak to you again next year. Bye.